You're listening to episode 39 of Burning Brightly, the five elements of a successful business. This is Burning Brightly, a podcast for Christian moms who are feeling called to build a business and share their light with the world. I'm Bonnie Wiscom, a life coach, mom, and entrepreneur, and I'm honored to be your guide as you face this business building adventure full of highs, lows, and everything in between. This is where we help each other find the courage to shine. Welcome back, my friends. Today, I'm excited about a very tactical episode where I give you some real tools for building the business of your dreams. I know I talk a lot about the mindset, a lot about the spiritual aspect even of building a business, but obviously we need some logistical tips and this is a lot of what I do in my coaching as well. So let's dive in. A lot of this is really basic stuff, but it's also things that I didn't know for literally years when I first started building businesses. So I don't want you to go through the same thing. Let's dive in and talk about these five crucial elements. Now, for those of us who are just starting in business, sometimes business success that we see can look really mysterious on the outside. We'll see a business that succeeds or one that fails, and we don't know why. We don't know why some have success and others don't. We think maybe it's talent. We think maybe it's experience. Maybe they just hit the market luckily. But the truth is it is way more science than mystery or talent, which is great news for all the rest of us. It means it's something we can learn. Anyone can be successful. I firmly believe anyone can be successful at any business they choose if they know the science to it and they just keep trying new things until they hit it right. The best practice is to see everything as a science experiment. I explained this a little bit in episode 19, the one called overcommitting versus undercommitting. We talk a little bit in depth about this. You basically come up with a hypothesis. You remember seventh grade science, right? You come up with a hypothesis, you try it, You evaluate the results, you tweak it, and you try it again over and over and over and over. It's super simple. I remember learning this scientific process and thinking, this is a process? Isn't this just how you do everything? Yes, it's how we do everything. But the scientists felt like they needed to label it. So we'll let them label it. This is what we do. We try something over and over and over again. So the customer journey is where we do most of this work. The customer journey means how the customer gets from knowing nothing about you to becoming a customer or a client. It's also known as a marketing funnel. Marketing funnel is just kind of a fancy term for it. Just means how the customer gets from not knowing anything about you to paying you money. Now, there are three main areas in this marketing funnel or this customer journey. The first one is that awareness, finding out about you. Sometimes they call it curiosity. This is where someone learns about you. That next second step is the nurturing step where they learn to like you, to trust you. And then that final step is the conversion, where we ask for the sale, where we try to get them to pay us, okay? So how do we take people through these three steps, the curiosity, the nurturing, and the conversion? Well, it's through these five elements I'm about to explain to you. If you create these well in your business, you cannot help but get clients and customers. I promise you that. And you may start seeing success. This is what usually happens. You'll start seeing success in one area or another. You'll start building your list or you'll start getting people telling you they love what you're offering, but you still won't get sales. That's totally okay. It just means some parts of your funnel are working and others are not. That's actually great. Now we know what works and what doesn't, and then we treat the parts that don't. But again, learning these elements and implementing them well will guarantee success for your business. Okay? So first thing, I'm going to teach you each of these five elements. And then I will tell you where each of them belongs in the funnel, because I think that's important to understand as well, where and why things might break down. Now, the first key element is known as your pitch. Sometimes people also call it an elevator pitch or a one-liner. It's basically just how you tell people what you do. And it's very brief. 
The first biggest mistake I see people make when coming up with this pitch is they make it about them. And it is not about you. I will probably say that line four more times in this episode. It is not about you. Yes, it's your business. Yes, it's your product. And if you're a coach or content creator, very often it's a very personal part of you. It's ideas that you've come up with. It's your personal coaching But the business is not about you. It's about the clients. But because without the clients, the business does not exist. So remember that as we're creating this pitch, don't make it about you. You will talk about yourself just a little bit. And I'll explain that in a second. The first aspect to this pitch is the problem. We always start with the client's problem. After that, we offer them the solution. And then we tell them the results they get thanks to the solution. Okay, so problem, solution, results. Now, if you are a life coach that uses the model, you can probably see a little bit of similarity here. Our thoughts very often come up with problems. Our actions try to create some sort of solution, and then we have a result that may or may not yield what we want. So we'll go back to the drawing board and try to shift our thoughts to get a better result. This is just how life works. There's a problem, a solution, a result that we may or may not want. So this is what we mimic within this first step of our funnel, okay, this pitch. So let me give you just a few examples that I'm sure you've seen thousands of them. In fact, this is kind of a fun activity is to watch an ad or a commercial and just jot down what the problem, solution, and result are. And if it's a good ad or a good commercial, you will be able to figure those out instantly. Let's take the problem of gross tasting water. I live in the desert and our water coming out of the tap tastes nasty. So a solution for that would be clear filtered water. And then the result would be that it tastes better and I drink more, so I stay hydrated. Problem is gross tasting water. Solution is clear filtered water, which I tend to get from a RO system that we have in our house. Maybe you would be selling bottled water or a different filtration system. And the result would be it tastes better, ergo I drink more, which is probably a result I'm trying to get in my life. Okay, another problem probably many of us have. Our car needs an oil change, but we're busy. A solution could be a 30-minute oil change. You've seen those places that offer 30-minute oil changes. The result would be my car is maintained, I do the thing my car needs, and I'm back on my way in just 30 minutes. Another one, maybe there's a therapist who sees that a lot of her clients are fighting with their husbands. So that's the problem. The husband and the wife are fighting. The therapist offers marriage courses. That's the solution. And then the result is that the couple gets the tools and they stop fighting. Okay, so you can use this in any industry, any product. In fact, if a product does not have a problem solution result, it's probably not selling. You have to put it in this framework in order for people to understand why they need it. Always start with that problem. So this is an interesting thing. Many of us like the idea of starting with the solution, but even if the client knows what the problem is, if we don't formulate it for them, it's a lot harder to sell. In reality, no one cares about anything until there's a problem. Look at books or movies, or just stories you tell around the fire. There's always a problem. That's the conflict. And the conflict resolution is the rest of the story. So if you can briefly describe the problem first, then you can describe how you fix it and then never ever forget the result. Again, that might seem obvious. You might want to just go say, I coach about XYZ. It's the best. But until you tell them why they need it, the problem, and what they're going to get out of it, the result, it's not going to sell nearly as well. So let me just share mine with you guys to get it in context. My problem is that new life coaches get certified and then they're confused about building a business. They don't know what to do next. My solution is that I offer one-on-one help in the form of coaching to get their business launched. And then their result is they coach people and make money. 
which are two of the reasons that people go into coaching. They want to help people. They want to make money. Okay. So problem, solution, result. All right. That's the first key element, that pitch. Nail that pitch down and like 80% of your work in our marketing is done, but it's, it's a little bit tricky. You're going to need some feedback. You're going to need to test it in the market over and over and over. Ask your clients, ask your friends, but then again, just test, test, test. That's the best way to get the solution. All right. Next element, number two, is your website. So many of us get so overwhelmed by this step. It seems so scary. It seems so technical. It seems like it's just going to break down on us. It doesn't have to be hard, you guys. It doesn't have to be fancy. We can start with just a very simple landing page. I won't go into details here, but I'm just going to give you a quick side note of how I recommend to my clients that they build a website. My very first recommendation is that they use a program called Lead Pages. Lead Pages is phenomenal. It is a drag and drop editor that is so easy, you can literally get a website up in 30 minutes or less. So, so, so easy and beautiful. So that's where I tell the beginners to start. A next step up, if you've tried that or if you have a little bit of experience in business or building websites, is a website kit by my friend Jenny Lakenin. She is a web guru and she has offered this kit to people, specifically coaches, so they can build their own website on WordPress without paying a designer expensive costs. So that's kind of the second step for those who want a little bit more control over their website and they're not afraid of a little bit of hard work of getting it up themselves. The third solution is if you're farther along in your business journey and you're making money and you don't want to touch it at all, then you can hire the professional. But that is cost prohibitive. And when you're first figuring things out, it's just not a great idea because you want to change and tweak things so often. So those are kind of the three steps of getting a website that I recommend to people, but I almost always recommend beginners start with lead pages. It's just so easy. So back to our website, it needs to be simple. Remember the days of, you know, early 2000s, everyone's website looked like somebody had just vomited text all over it. There was just words everywhere, links everywhere, crappy graphics everywhere. We've come a long way. We have learned that confused clients don't take action. Confused clients just leave. So we do not want anyone to be confused. Unfortunately, as business owners, we think that we're giving people options. Well, I want to give them the choice to learn more about me or I want to give them the choice to read my blog. I want to give them the choice to contact me. I want So we have links upon links all over the place when in the end, people just get confused and they leave. They don't need choices. People need to be told what to do. I know that sounds a little insulting, but it's true. When's the last time you went to a website that had a million options and you knew exactly what to do? Like that never happens. They need to be told what to do, which is why when you go to those professional websites, very often you see one massive button in the center. It's like shop now. Learn more, watch the video, whatever one thing they want you to do, it is front and center. In the show notes, I'm actually going to include a link to an article I found recently that I that was really helpful. It is based on the story brand methodology for building a website, which is very simple, very clear. And if you're a little bit confused about your website or you're just starting out, go check it out. I think it will be very, very helpful. It shows, I think, eight or nine key elements that a website should have. And again, follows this advice of keeping it very, very simple. But again, I'm going to repeat myself. Don't make your website about you. If the first thing they see is learn more about me and my coaching and my experience and my history and how wonderful I am, nobody cares. <laughs> I know that sounds harsh, but nobody cares until they know how you can help them. All right. So again, we start with that problem. We tell them the solution and then we tell them how we can give them the result. The only thing your website should have in the header, the portion of your website that shows up before anyone scrolls anywhere is one or two buttons. We're talking as minimal as possible. It should be a call to action. 
What do you want people who come to your website to do? I personally have two. One is work with me, so schedule a call. The other button is download the guide because either people are ready to work with me or they're not. If they're ready, they can schedule a call. If they're not, I want to get them on my email list so that I can keep nurturing them. I can keep creating that relationship. So that's it. One or two links at that top part. Work with me or don't. We are forcing people into taking action. Hey, you're here. You're interested. Take action, (laughs) right? Now, it doesn't mean we're twisting their arm. If they're not ready, that's okay. But we do want to capture those that aren't ready in a way that we can retarget them later on. We can send emails to them. We can make sure that they hear from us regularly. So when they are ready, they know where to go. We can still have more links on our website. That's totally okay. We're going to need terms and conditions and the privacy policy. And maybe we do want to link to our podcast or our blog, but keep those in the footer of your website. Make people go looking for them if they really want them, including social media links, all that other stuff. What you want up top is those very clear choices. Come work with me or get on my list. So once we have our website or that very simple landing page done, that leads us to how we get people on our list. We have to create something for free that will entice them to swap it for their email address. People don't want to give away their email address for nothing. (laughs) Nobody wants more spam in their inbox. So you need to tell them that you have things of massive value that you want to give away for free if they will leave their email address. Usually this is done in the form of a PDF. We call it a lead generating PDF. It means it generates leads. A lead is someone who might buy from us in the future. People also refer to it as a freebie. So something you're giving away for free in exchange for email. This is a great place to start. It's very easy to make a cute PDF in Canva. Very easy to put a big chunk of your knowledge in this document and offer it for free. And it develops some trust. Right? If you go onto someone's website and you think, oh, wow, this is interesting what they do. I could use this. And there's a button that says, get the free guide. You're likely to download it. And then you're going to read it and realize, wow, this person really knows what they're talking about. This is a ton of great stuff. If only I had known this before. That's going to build some trust. And you're going to instantly be more curious about this person and wondering how they can help you in the future. A few ideas for this PDF are things like a guide, the free guide, a cheat sheet, a list of some sort. Here's 50 ideas for X. Maybe a plan. I see lots of fitness or nutrition people giving workout plans or meal plans. You can say you're offering five steps to some sort of success your potential clients or customers want. Really, you name it. If you can come up with it and put it on a PDF, it works. One thing I see here is sometimes business owners get nervous about giving away too much for free. It is almost impossible to give away too much for free. The reason is people assume your paid product will always be better than your free. And it will because you're giving it to them in a way that is either more convenient to consume or it's one-on-one or uh, it's more in-depth. So you can give away basically the whole farm for free or for cheap and people will always pay you more for that one-on-one or for that group coaching or whatever the next step up is. I learned this from Russell Brunson. He is a business genius and he sells pretty much everything he knows about marketing in his books. And his books cost like $12 on Amazon. And he says, I am not afraid to sell people everything I know for $12 because I know that they will still pay me $20,000 to work in person because it's always more valuable to work in person. So again, don't be afraid to give a ton away for free, obviously without overwhelming them. Please don't create a 35-page PDF that you want your your new leads to read through. That's not going to happen. Keep it short and sweet. Don't overwhelm them, but give them lots of value. 
people will always think, wow, if she gives this away for free, then her paid resources must be so much better, which they always are. Now, this free PDF is how we get people on our email list, which is absolutely essential for creating a relationship and nurturing that relationship. If you don't have an email list yet, create one today. Do everything you can to start getting people on an email list today. This requires a few steps, right? You have to find an email service provider. You have to find a program that will send these emails out for you. That's how we do it legally when it comes to mass emails, but start that email list as soon as possible because that is how we get clients to know, like, and trust us and eventually pay us. All right, so that leads us to our fourth key element. As a reminder, we have the pitch, number one, number two, the website, number three, that lead generating PDF, that freebie. Number four is our email nurture sequence. Again, know, like, and trust. That's the idea. We want our clients to know us, to like us, to trust us enough to eventually give us money. Just briefly as an overview, when people put their email on your website, the first thing that we're going to trigger which you can do automatically in your email service provider, is to send a series of welcome emails. This is basically like a, hey, I know you don't know me from Eve, but I'm gonna explain what it is I help people with and how I can possibly help you. It's usually about three to five emails coming in over the course of a week or two, and you're just kind of becoming friends. Very often this business funnel, this customer journey, is compared to a dating journey, right? When you get someone's phone number, you're not gonna immediately call them and be like, hey, let's get married you're going to tell them a little bit about yourself and hopefully get to know them too. By the way, that's totally appropriate. And a welcome sequence is to ask for a response. I love welcome series that say things like, hey, this is a problem I've seen. This is a solution I offer. Tell me about yourself. Is this a problem that you struggle with? Where are you in your journey? What have you tried? What have you struggled with? Hit reply and let me know. People love to share their opinions, their experience. They love to share about themselves. That's just human nature. And allowing them space to do that is such a wonderful way to create that relationship. Side note, if you're going to do this, please respond to the emails. (laughs) There's nothing worse than saying, hey, shoot me over some information about you and then crickets. So if this isn't something that you're capable of doing, then don't ask for the reply. But a quick response from a business owner that says, oh my goodness, thank you so much for sharing. This is so helpful, goes a long way. So How can you help? This is what we want our welcome sequence to be all about. Again, don't make it all about you, but a little bit about you and your expertise, but make it all about how you can help the client. Give them as much value as possible, again, without overwhelming them. Show them a little bit about your expertise, but make it about solving their problem. This is also a great place to check back in on that freebie and say, hey, did you download the freebie? Did you open it? Did you work through it? Do you have any questions about it? Can I help you with it? Encourage them to get the value out of that freebie that you already created. Once those kind of three to five emails are done, that week or two is over, then you send those people into the email sales sequence. And that is the fifth key element of a successful business. This is where we try to get them to buy. And I know what you're thinking, I don't like to sell. Everybody has so much drama about the selling, but if you believe in your product and you know you can help people, why is there drama? What if we walked into Target and we're like, I really need some mascara. And they're like, well, we have some, but you know, I don't know. I don't know if you want to pay for it. I mean, we we have black and brown. Maybe you wanted blue though. You know, you don't see someone wringing their hands at Target, wondering if they're maybe offending you by having mascara to buy. No, you came to Target to buy the mascara. You want it. Even if it might be more than you thought you were going to spend, you're going to pay for it because that's what you walked in there for. So if people are on your email list, they're there for a reason. Please give them the option to buy from you. Please do not sit there wringing your hands and apologizing for selling. 
This is a business relationship. Yes, we want them to know, like, and trust us, but we're not besties. We are client and coach. We are business owner and customer, okay? Historically, clients and customers are never more primed than as these new curious subscribers. So it's a great time to sell once they have gotten to know you a little bit through that nurture sequence. Set up another week of emails telling them about your offer. I'm going to give you a, a handful of ideas for what to put in each of these emails. So get out your notes if you can, or come back and re-listen when you can. But what this does is it gives them a chance to say yes or no. Now, you might get some unsubscribes during this week. Great, fantastic. You don't want your list full of people that aren't interested in buying what you have to offer. Don't let those unsubscribes psych you out, but give them something to say yes or no to. Don't just be kind of wishy-washy hanging out there in the corner. That's not beneficial to anyone. All right, so these sales emails generally look something like this. First email, you tell them about your product. Don't sell anything yet. Just say, were you aware that I offer one-on-one -on -one coaching or I offer fitness classes or I sell XYZ? Whatever it is you sell, tell them about it. Brag about it a little bit. Tell them why you love it. Just don't sell it yet. Then on the second email, you talk about the problem that you talked about already, right, in your nurture sequence. You bring that problem back up and then you offer your product as the solution. You make that connection. You know, I've seen that people really struggle to know what to do at the gym. That's why I've created these classes. So when you go to the gym, you know exactly what machines to use, what weights to lift. Now your product is set up as the solution to the problem we've been talking about. Third email, you can add some social proof, add some customer testimonials. If you don't have those, that's okay. You can talk more about how great the product is, but customer testimonials go a long way. They know that other people have paid you money or have even tried your product for free and they've said amazing things about it. Side note, if you don't have testimonials yet, go get some. Just have your friends and family try it and write you some words. They're very, very beneficial in marketing. And then the next email, you want to overcome some objections. So you see what we're doing just little by little. We are just filling their brain with information about how this is a great solution to the problem they're experiencing. Other people have tried it. I know you might have some objections. Let me overcome them. What does overcoming an objection look like? Well, what do people object to when buying your product? Maybe it's money. It's always money. There's always a money objection. So you can say something like, you might be thinking, I don't have the money for something like that, but do you have the money not to invest in it? Do you have the money to be unhealthy for another year? Do you have the money to waste sitting around trying to figure out your business on your own for another year? So you, you choose an objection that people come up with and then you show them how your product is worth pushing through that objection. Next email, you shift their perspective in some way. So maybe they've tried something like your product before and it hasn't worked for them. Well, tell them how you're different. Say, I know you've probably tried something like this before and it hasn't worked. Let me tell you, why my clients get success when they have it in other programs or something similar. You're going to shift their perspective a little bit to see your product in an even better light. And then finally, that last email of the week, you ask for the sale and that's it. You don't do any more convincing, no more testimonials, no more, look how great it is. You just say, hey, I'd love for you to purchase this. Hey, I'd love to have you as a client. Hey, if this feels like the right step for you, click here to buy. That's it. And then hopefully you get some sales. If you don't, then you funnel those people back into your nurture sequence, which continues to go out every single week. That's where we send out our newsletter. We tell people about our blog. We say, have you listened to this podcast this week? That's how we continually nurture going forward in the future. So I know that was a lot. If you need to get home, rewind this podcast, write down those sales emails. They work very, very well. Again, a lot of these marketing tactics that I use, I get from the story brand way of doing marketing. So that is a really great resource as well. If you want to learn more about marketing, it is so fascinating. But those are your five key elements as a review. 
your pitch, your simple website, your lead generating PDF, that freebie, your email nurture sequence, that welcome sequence, and then the sales sequence. And then of course, after that, you send them into your regular nurture sequence, which is what you send out every single week. So let's talk really briefly about where each of these elements fits in your marketing funnel. As you can probably guess, that awareness or curiosity step right at the beginning when people are learning about you, that's where they are hearing your pitch. Maybe they're reading your pitch on social media or they're reading it on an ad or they heard you in a video somewhere. Your website is also a part of this because when people first show up at your website, chances are good they don't know much about you. You want to get them into your email list. The lead generating PDF or that freebie and your welcome sequence, that is the nurturing part of things. That's where you're giving them value and you're hopefully building some of that know, like, and trust factor. That's the nurturing part. And then finally, that conversion part of the funnel is where we ask for the sale. Don't cheat your business by not asking for the sale, you guys. It's so important. People want your help. Don't cheat your customers and yourself by not asking them for the sale so that you can help them. That is the conversion part. We could spend years and years building businesses that only get people through the nurturing part and never actually ask for the sale. And that would be so disappointing and so frustrating for all of us involved. So please do yourself a favor and make sure you're doing that. Dive into your businesses this week. Make sure you have these five key elements. If you are just so overwhelmed by all this, this is where I help. This is where I ask for the sale. Come coach with me. I would love to help you. I love, 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 love what I do. And it is so rewarding to watch someone go from feeling so overwhelmed and like an imposter in their business to feeling confident and regularly getting clients that they can help. It is magical, you guys. I love it so much. Check out the links to this episode in the show notes today, and I will talk to you next week. Are you ready to get started on your dream business? Join Finding Your Side Hustle, my digital course that will guide you through discovering what it is you love and how to turn it into a family-friendly business. Are you ready for one-on-one support as a mom or entrepreneur? Schedule a free coaching call with me to work on the goals you have for your life, including business success, weight loss, or better relationships. I can't wait to help you make progress on your dreams.